Hello and welcome back to the No Limits Podcast with Rick. Hope you are having a great day so far. And in today's Salty Coffee, Not Salty Coffee Fueled Podcast, I'm going to be delving into five nutrition strategies to help help you stay on track with your fat loss nutrition. And the reason I said it's not salty coffee fueled, as it usually is, um, unfortunately this morning, something that um, if you're ever looking to travel to Indonesia or specifically Bali, um, do prepare for there to be construction 24-7. I had a horrendous sleep last night. Um, The workers here, I admire them. They are very hardworking. They work around the clock. And I think I've mentioned it in a podcast before. Basically, they build huts on their job sites and they just live on site and they just work basically around the clock. And last night at 10 o'clock, they decided it would be a really good idea to start hammer drilling. Um, so I woke up this morning and I wanted to put my energy towards my session and I really didn't want to do a sleep deprived podcast. So hold off and so no salty coffee as I try to not have any caffeine after 12 p.m. as I've delved into my sleep podcast, the reasons why. And then before I just started to start this podcast, another thing I learned about Indonesia, they've always got some sort of festival going on. There's always some celebration. It does not stop. And um, there was just, I don't know, drums probably sounded like there was some dragons and shit going on in the background so hopefully they don't come back and it doesn't interfere with today's podcast so back to the topic at hand five nutrition strategies to help you stay on track with your fat loss diet so i'm going to be going through these strategies and this isn't a you know comprehensive these are the only strategies you need of course the more tools in your tool belt the better you know this is a good thing about Having a coach or you know being well educated um, in you know nutrition knowledge and experience in the trenches too, you know every time you're faced with an obstacle, good, it's an opportunity to learn, and another tool that you can add to the tool belt, a challenge to overcome, and then keep moving forward with your goals. So this is assuming you've set up a proper diet, you've got a plan in place, you've got a vision with the direction that you want to go. Because this is something that is very, very important. Oftentimes, you know, there might be a good day of weather, (laughs) assuming most of the listeners are in Australia. So there might be, specifically if you're living in Melbourne, um, there's maybe like a really hot day and you're like, all right, sweet, time to get lean. But then you just go about the diet and you don't actually have a real structured out plan. And this can often result in things not going as smoothly as you might like. And... It's kind of like, say, getting in your car and then just driving around, but having no real like goal destination you want to get to. And then getting annoyed that you didn't get to the destination that you wanted to get to. <laughs> or it's like, um, let's say your partner asks you, you know, what do you want for your birthday? And then you say, no, nah, I'm good. Like, just get me anything. I don't care. Um, and then they get you, I don't know, fucking underwear or something. And you're like, I didn't want underwear. It's kind of like that. So having a clear vision, a clear direction with where you want to go. Whether that's like how you're going to plan out your weeks, your goal rate of loss that you're going to go for, or like at least like, all right, I'll be happy if I get to this particular shape or like what you're willing to endure. I think that's a really good thing too because oftentimes it might be like um, keeping it real with your goals. You might 
want to look like a competitive bodybuilder, but then when you actually narrow it down to what's required to get into that condition, you'll be like, uh, no, probably not, I'll do something else. So having a clear direction, a clear vision, a clear plan on how you're gonna get there, and that way you're taking a step in the driver's seat and you're set in the direction and you're heading in the right direction. And your why, like why do you want to get in this condition? Why do you want to lose body fat? And reminding yourself like how good you're going to feel, assuming that it's a goal that is based around how good you're going to feel, your confidence you're going to have, because that's something that definitely does help a lot with the you know, challenging times when we do go through any particular goal, whether that's a muscle building goal and you know, you're forcing the food in, oftentimes just reflect on, imagine when you get lean again and seeing all the new muscle you're gonna build by pushing through this challenge. And same thing with a fat loss phase. There's gonna be times where you know, you're gonna really wanna go off plan. You're gonna, you know, fuck this diet, I don't care, I wanna just have a pizza. But then if you remind yourself of your vision, your why, and how good you will feel knowing that you push through, achieving that lean goal physique that you're striving for, you know, being at the beach or in your holiday or whatever, and feeling that amazing feeling of confidence that you put in the work, achieved your goal, that's gonna help you push through those challenging times. And it can be easy to use what you don't want as a goal or as like a pushing force. It's very common, I find early days, it can be a good driver, like you know, you might not be confident with the way you currently look. Maybe your clothes aren't fitting as well as they have in past, and you're wanting to basically run away from that to you know a leaner physique or you know less body fat. Well, I find it's a lot more powerful to have a clear vision of you know where you want to go to. Like having something to run away from is is positive; it pushes you. But then also having a direction, a vision, a direct like a goal that you want to achieve to strive towards and then narrowly focusing on the process over the outcome. Because as always, we can't control the outcome, we can just control the process, and it's always a good idea to focus on what we can control and what we, rather than what we can't control. Because we know if we focus on things we can't control, that's just gonna cause unnecessary stress, unnecessary overwhelm, especially when you're dieting. Like the more mental fatigue you can save, the better. Because um, as I'm sure if you've gone through hard diets in the past, the um, fatigue can be quite a beast and catch you off guard. And so you've set up your diet, you're not in some you know, crazy keto approach or you're on, not on some you know, crazy zero fat approach because we know carbohydrate, like if we go like a, you know, let's just cut all the carbs, which is still blows my mind that that's a common thing. Um, when we go like a keto approach, right? Like you've just, I'm assuming, you know, you've spent the past months growing or at least you know focusing on muscle building your performance in the gym's been amazing you've been stronger than ever and then if you cut all the carbohydrates good luck maintaining that performance and therefore if your performance is dropping off in the gym it's more likely that you're going to be losing muscle and yes when you are in a fat loss phase you are going to most likely experiencing some drop-offs in your performance in the gym very normal but I was having a conversation with a client about this recently and explaining that although it is like it occurs, it's common, and to be somewhat okay with it when it does occur, I find the psychology is very, very important. So when you're going into your training in a fat loss diet, not just accepting that, yeah, whatever, lips are gonna drop off, it's gonna happen. Because if you, I find if 
I went into the gym like that, you know, I might be more likely to bitch out in a set. You know, I might be able to stay in a set longer, get an additional one to three reps. But if I'm like, oh yeah, lifts are gonna drop off anyways, I'll probably subconsciously hold myself back and then potentially increase the likelihood of me losing muscle, which is one of the most important things you wanna keep on top of when you're setting up your diet. Oftentimes, when I was a coach in person, clients would come to me and have a goal of weight loss and everything they've done in past would result in them losing muscle. And let's say that they get to their you know, goal weight that they maybe set for themselves and then they wouldn't be happy. And oftentimes it's because they lost muscle. And if you lose a whole bunch of muscle throughout a fat loss journey, you're basically just gonna be the same body fat percentage, just smaller, weaker, with less energy. So it's always a good idea to have muscle maintenance in mind in a fat loss phase. So with the not having a crazy, you know, outlandish, restrictive, unsustainable dieting approach, having at least, you know, two grams per kilogram of protein consistently across the day. If you wanted to go like proper evidence-based, you know, 1.8 grams per kilogram is fine, but I find in a fat loss phase, turning the dial up a little bit more to two grams to 2.5 grams per kilogram of protein is a good idea. Not only is protein very satiating, it's a lot more filling than carbohydrates and fats. Also, protein, although small and not something that you know I would go all in on, protein has like an increased thermic effect of feeding. What the hell does that mean, Rick? Essentially, it means that you burn more calories through the process of digestion because it's very inefficient to digest. It's basically hard for your digestive system to break down protein. So the numbers go a little bit all over the place, but from what I've seen, roughly about 20% of the calories consumed from protein is actually used as calories to break down the protein, for example. And this is another reason why oftentimes the individuals that maybe eat 1200 calories a day and don't lose weight more often than not it's because they're not actually eating 1200 calories a day they're you know maybe weighing things out and then picking at things you know they're not tracking the olive oil they use in their meals that's a big one um, they're not tracking their sources they maybe you know eat a whole bunch of extra food on the weekends and they're probably not tracking accurately as well um, i've run through this before but if you're tracking your food in my fitness bowl, well done like you're accounting for and measuring and managing your progress and you're in control. But if you want to ensure you're accurate, ideally you wanna be using Nutab. So what is Nutab? Nutab is an Australian food database that essentially just makes sure what you're logging is actually what you're logging. Um, so what you would do is any like single ingredient foods, you would write in what that is and then you would write N-U-T-T-A-B afterwards. So you would write, for example, chicken breast, nutab, and then it'll come up with you know, chicken breast raw, nutab, blog it, it's accurate. Because I have seen very often, you know, clients are hitting their targets consistently. I go into their MyFitnessPal, take a look over, and unfortunately what's logged is inaccurate. There might be like a, a chicken breast that says it's like, uh, you know, 50 calories per 200 grams, and it's just not the case. So with the dieting approach, making sure we're getting adequate protein. We're not going too low in the fats. Fats, uh, I push back against it a little bit because a lot of people like justify fats and they just say like, oh, healthy fats, but then like they just gorge on, you know, olive oil, nuts, avocados because, you know, healthy fats. Yes, but as always, as we know, health 
doesn't necessarily mean fat loss. They are similar. And if your goal is fat loss, it's a good idea to eat more quote unquote healthy foods because usually they're the ones that are more satiating. They're usually higher in fiber, which basically fiber expands in your stomach, which can help you feel full. What's the biggest inconvenience and fucking annoying thing about dieting? Hunger. Imagine if we didn't experience hunger going through a fabulous phase. That would be fantastic. Um, and with the nutrition approach, going more of those healthy foods can help with mitigating some of that hunger. Fats, yes. So where I was going with that. Fats are you know, essential for you know, hormonal production. They can potentially be a little bit more filling because fats tend to slow down the rate of digestion. So you don't want to go underneath at least 0.4 grams per kilogram um, with your fats, with your targets, if you are you know, setting up your fats targets. But if you use like any calorie calculator, they'll usually be pretty good on this. Um, and then carbohydrates make up the remainder of your total calories that you've got set for your deficit with carbohydrates. So that would be my usual basic approach where protein, two grams to 2.5 grams per kilogram, fats around 0.5 grams per kilogram, make up the remainder of carbohydrates. And that's a great well-balanced diet, you know, going too extreme where you, you know, eat no fats and your hormones go to shit. You're not eating no carbs, your trainings go to shit and you're making sure you're getting in decent amount of protein. And this is something that I personally never used to do, never used to think of, but actually has helped a lot and something that maybe you haven't thought of before and maybe it's caused a bit of a roller coaster with emotions when you're going through your dieting phase. As we know, when we are in a bit of a calorie deficit and we're hungry, we're usually a bit more snappy, maybe a little bit more emotional. I know I definitely am. Um, so having a, like mentioned, like at the start, having that clear vision and clear plan and a clear plan in regards to the rate of loss you want to strive for. So what do I mean by rate of loss? Basically the percentage of your body weight that you're losing per week. So for me, what I find is a really good sweet spot for most that, you know, maintains quality of life. You're not being so aggressive that you can't do anything. You've got no energy. You're a walking zombie. Um, you so have to be so restricted with your foods that you become extremely food focused and you still maintain your performance in the gym, like mentioned, extremely important. So I find around a 0.5 to 1% rate of loss per week. So basically if you're 100 kilos, striking around 0.5 to 1 kilos rate of loss per week on average. You know, initially there's going to be a bigger drop in that first week when you go into a deficit because it's going to be, you know, reduced food volume, reduced fluid, and, um, you know, some body fat as well. Um, but a lot of it will be like reduced muscle glycogen, which is store carbohydrates in the muscle, reduced food volume, and, um, and water weight, basically. So this is often why individuals maybe get caught off guard, right? Because maybe they start a diet, they lose like two kilos in the first week. And like, hell yeah, like, let's keep this going. And the next week they lose like 0.6 kilos and they're upset about it. And it's fantastic. Like that is a great rate of loss, especially if you said, for example, before like a hundred kilos, that's bang on exactly where you want to be. So keeping in mind to lose a kilo of fat. So a kilo of fat, you need to be in a 7,700 calorie deficit. So across the week. So that's a pretty robust deficit. So if you're aiming, like if you're a 50 kilo male, I hope you're not, but if you are, <laughs> I'm 
you shouldn't be in a fat loss diet anyway, so that doesn't count for you. But let's say you're a 50 kilo female, probably same thing. You probably shouldn't be in a fat loss diet, but let's say you are. Um, you know, going for a kilo a week, that is a huge deficit. So what I would suggest, if you're on like the heavier ends, you're around that 100 kilos, maybe striking for the 1% rate of loss per week. If you're on the lighter ends, you know, around 70 to 50 kilos, probably I'd say 70 to 60 kilos. If you're 50 kilos, probably shouldn't be dieting um, for fat loss. Um, striking around that 0.5% rate of loss per week. And that would be my strategy. And then just measure and manage. Don't be beaten up if you know there's a week that you maybe maintain. Um, they're very normal for the body to have those maintenance periods where it maybe holds for a week. And then out of nowhere, you just have this crazy squish off. So don't be so trigger happy with just slashing calories. That's a big mistake I used to make in past because oftentimes once you make that slash, it's hard to go back. So be very cautious, set up the diet properly, be consistent and track that rate of loss over more of a monthly basis. And I think you'll find that it brings a lot of peace of mind, not just hoping for the amount you lost in your first week to maintain the whole time. So coming into the five points now after that extended intro, my apologies. So Point number one, and this is one that it's no crazy thing that only is for bodybuilders and only for people who like are hyper-focused on their goals and everyone can do this. And it is something that often is glorified and I think it should be because it's a good thing, but it's nothing that's like super difficult, super challenging that's going to you know take a huge amount of time out of your day. If anything, it's going to save you a shit ton of time across a week. And what I've found with clients that do this, more often than not, the clients that do this, they seem to get much more consistent results. They seem to have greater training performance, improve recovery, reduce stress, and it's an absolute game changer. And it's an obvious one, but just because it's obvious, just because it's simple, doesn't mean it's easy and doesn't mean it's something that should be you know overlooked and just assume that you know everyone knows this so that is bulk meal prep i have seen time and time again clients that maybe don't meal prep all of a sudden start prepping their meals and their progress completely just goes into turbo mode their confidence goes into turbo mode their stress goes down a ridiculous amount because if you're just constantly just going with the winds, going with the waves, going with your emotions based on what you eat throughout the day, it can result in just this crazy amount of overwhelm and fatigue, more likely to be inaccurate as well. You know, yes, when protein and calories are equated for and you've got your macros, you can make it up with what you'd like. And yes, I agree. But I find we're all busy. You're busy. You've got a lot of shit on throughout the week. You're busy working, you know, you've got relationships to keep on top of, you've got to sleep your eight hours a night, you've got to get your steps in, you've got to get your training in. And then if you'll add another layer of just like four to five times a day deciding what you're gonna eat, it can really make it difficult to see the diet through consistently without having, you know, a lot of turbulence across the way. So, like I mentioned, it's not some crazy thing. The way I see it, it's kind of like you know, having a shower before a date. Is it absolutely needed? I mean, no, like you could potentially go on a date without having a shower beforehand, but it's probably gonna increase the likelihood that the date's gonna go well and maybe you'll get another, you know, 
great day coming up. So it's um, something that will increase the chances of everything going well. Yes, it might seem like at the time, like, oh, I've got to dedicate this time on a Sunday to prep my meals. But, you know, you give up two hours of your Sunday to save 10 hours, if not more, throughout the week. And you also save a whole lot more money too. Like if you're eating similar meals across the week, you can plan ahead. You don't go to the shops and just grab like a whole bunch of crap and not crap, but like you grab, and I used to get sucked into this all the time. Like, oh, I might have bagels for a couple of meals this week. Oh, I might have some of this. And before you know it, like you got all this food, it goes off because then you end up just usually eating these similar meals anyways, which I find is very common. So. If you're maybe pushing back on this and you're like, Rick, I get ya, you know, I see everyone put on their stories on a Sunday, them doing the meal prep, it looks really cool. But I'm a fussy eater, Rick. Like I like to change things up. I don't like to have the same meals every day. I push back against that just because of experience, but I could be wrong. Like, of course, like you could absolutely be someone who likes to enjoy differing food all the time. The trade-off there, you just, if you want to achieve your goals, you're just going to have to spend a bit more time, you know, logging your food, a bit more time thinking about your food and planning ahead every day rather than just planning ahead once a week and being good to go. So what I've found is that more often than not, the individuals that tell me I'm a fussy eater, I'll get them. So if a client like inquires with me and wants to team up, got a goal, got a vision, got a plan, well, they don't have a plan yet, but they've got a vision, and I get them to do a nutrition log for a week before we set everything up. This way, I've got an actual estimate of where they currently are with their nutrition because it's always a good idea, and if you're a coach listening to this, always a good idea to start with where the client's at. You know, we know, you know, quote unquote, what the optimal approach is. We, can, like, we know the macro setups and all that, but... You know, if you've got a client that's reaching out that potentially has never tracked food, doesn't know what a protein source is, doesn't know what a carbohydrate source is, for example, you've got to start with where they're at because you don't want to just jump in straight out of the gates with some like fucking bodybuilder diet that's just super extreme and they just won't stick to it. So start with where they're at. And when I look over these nutrition logs, more often than not, they're the same foods they're just like mixed around in different orders. So even if you say you're a fussy eater, I feel like if you're probably zoomed out across the week, it's very similar and there's probably a few meals that you repeat quite often. So the fear out of like having to eat the same foods every day, it's kind of like not an issue, I think anyways. I could be wrong, of course, like mentioned. And even if that is the case, maybe it might be a good idea to say bulk meal prep on a Sunday um, up until maybe Thursday and then maybe if there's a couple of meals where you, like let's say you got like fish and potato and veggies and you're like you know I'm kind of sick of the potato I feel like pasta then you can just switch it around and swap the potato for pasta so little subtle changes not just things going all over the place every single day making it really hard to be consistent all right so point number two so point number one was bulk meal prep I know it's obvious but it is something that is an absolute game changer so point number two is one that I used to fall for and one that I've pushed up against a bit recently and have found that it's really helped me a lot. 
as I mentioned at the start, experience is a great teacher. And I'm sure you've noticed every time you've gone through a dieting phase, if you've gone through them multiple times in past, there's probably a lesson you learn from each of your dieting phases. And I find it's really cool because then each time you go through a build, you go through a diet, a deficit phase, you've got like new tools, new experiences, and also you like know how it feels. So you're not just like caught off guard, like, oh, what the fuck? Like, is this normal? Am I supposed to be feeling like this? Am I doing something wrong? Um, but then there's like, you know, the fatigue hits, you know, maybe it's the afternoon and you just have like this energy zap and then you realize, oh yeah, fuck, this is normal. I'll um, aim to get a lot of my work done earlier in the day so I don't have to try rev myself up later in the day when the fatigue kicks in. So this one is the super tasty satiating scale. So there is a, a YouTube that um, sort of came to mind when I thought about this. And if you're, you know, want to watch some entertainment that will probably be canceled very soon, it's on YouTube and there's this guy and he talks about the hot crazy matrix. I know it sounds silly and it is. Um, sorry if this comes across like an asshole to female. So basically he's got a, a scale on the left hand side is crazy on the bottom is hot. And then he mentions that um, the hot to crazy scale. So you want to, you know, try strike around that eight, five to eight hot, the below five crazy. And that's like your wife zone, basically. So I won't go any more deeper into that. If you want to watch it, it's called the hot crazy matrix on, on YouTube. So what I got from that is, and I watched it ages ago, I've not watched that recently. So it's probably not even on YouTube anymore. Um, so what I got from that, and how this relates to this is try not to make your meals taste absolutely ridiculously amazing. I know on social media, there's a lot of coaches and in their bio, it will say things like enjoy all the food you love and achieve your goals, which I get like, of course. And I think, you know, there is that other ends where people just completely restrict foods and then it backfires when they end the diet. So having a plan when you finish your diet is a good idea too. Because if anything, the post-diet period, any contest prep athlete will tell you this too. After your competition is harder than the prep itself. And this is no different with any fat loss diet. So trying not to make your foods super tasty. Why is this a good idea? Think about any foods that are super tasty. More often than not, they're gonna be very, very dopamine driving. It's gonna be hard to want more. Uh, it's gonna be hard not to want more. It's like, um, you know, if you sat down in the cinemas and you're just like, I'm just gonna have a handful of popcorn. Good fucking luck. And if you can do that, like, you need to be hired to be like a fucking FBI agent or something because you've got some serious willpower. Um, anyways, so if you, set up your diet i find it's a good idea to you know be up there foods that taste good but not so tasty that you just want to gorge and just eat a ridiculous amount of them and more often than not those super tasty foods aren't very filling and like mentions at the start and as i'm sure you've experienced what's one of the most frustrating things about a diet and why do most diets end early before an individuals achieve their goals they can't handle the hunger and oftentimes this can be mitigated via having foods that are filling, but also tasty, but not super crazy tasty. Because this is sort of similar with um, like cereal. 
mentioned a lot of times. I fucking love cereal. I could eat Cocoa Pops checks all day. And that is exactly why Cocoa Pops checks is not in my diet because it's something that I struggle to just have as a little bit of cereal. If I ever do, I'll make sure I weigh out the entire box, order it ahead of time, and just have that box of cereal. So when you set up your diet, foods that aren't super, super tasty, but they're decent, but they're filling, and they're not too elaborate. Oftentimes, I can see that a lot on Instagram too, like these full day of eating. And I reckon anyone that does those full day of eatings, more often than not, that is not what they fucking eat, because... One, the foods look way too ascetic. It's just planned ahead, obviously, and they just want to make it look pretty for Instagram, which I get because it gets eyes, it gets clicks, it's marketing in a way, yes. But more often than not, those meals are just ridiculously time-consuming. And if you like follow these full day of eatings and you're like, fucking hell, you've just turned your point number one, bulk meal prep from two hours to fucking eight hours, and you're basically a chef now, Um, It can make it really hard to stick to your diet. So aiming to keep meals simple, you know, a protein source, a carbohydrate source. You could literally just go a fruit, uh, a veg source on the side. Simple. I do recommend going like a mixed veg. Usually I would say to clients like, you know, lean protein source, carbohydrate source, and then, you know, two to four, um, mix of veg and then maybe add some fruit alongside as well so that way you've got plenty of fiber and that's what i find is like a a great addition to meals to make it tasty but not like amazingly tasty so it's fruit adding fruit alongside meals you get fiber you get extra micronutrients you get hydration because fruit is like predominantly water that's why it's so low in calories and also it ticks off that sweet tooth but it's not like you're adding skittles to your meal where it's just going to take a ridiculous amount of your calories. All right, so you've done your bulk meal prep, you've got your meals sorted, and they're, you know, tasty, but not amazingly tasty to the point where you just want to eat a ridiculous amount. They're not super bland that you're like, fuck this, this diet sucks, I don't want to do this. And then all you think about is foods that aren't in your diet, and then you end up going off plan more often than is good for you achieving your vision and your goal. So now point number three, and this is one that, Usually during the week is no issue. More often than not, this is pretty easy one to stick to during the week. Um, and then oftentimes individuals might find, you might find this as well, maybe on the weekends you might be more hungry than usual. Um, or maybe like you've you know slept in a day and you've noticed you're more hungry. Um, and this is something that is in that it doesn't matter crew sort of statements on social media. And and I've said this as well, I've done a whole podcast on it. And it is something that, yes, big picture for the fat loss goals that you're going for, it doesn't matter. What's most important is your protein and your calories and you're in a consistent calorie deficit, yes. But I find this makes it a lot easier as a theme of the podcast, how to, you know, stick to your diet over the long run and be successful with it. So this is similar meal timing. Now I know you're probably like, fucking hell Rick, are you gonna tell me like I have to eat my meals every two hours? No, whenever you eat your meals, just keep that going, just keep it consistent. And no, this doesn't mean, and like I mentioned in past actually, I used to work with a guy um, at a supplement store where I learned a lot about all the nutrition myths and supplement myths in the world where I'll probably do another podcast on that. I did one with, um, 
Michael Garcia, the Coaching Collective legend. Shout outs to Michael and the team at Coaching Collective on um, myths. And I think it'll be a good one to cover because I'm surprised there is so many myths still floating around. So basically this guy that I used to work with would have an alarm go off every two hours for his meals. And I think this maybe had something to do with a lot of the times back in the day, bodybuilding magazines would say you need to eat every two hours to you know, stoke the fire of your metabolism, increase your metabolic rate, which is fucking bullshit. No, it's not the case at all. But in saying that, um, having a consistent schedule with your meals can help with regulating your hunger signaling. Your body tends to really, really enjoy consistency. Same deal with the consistent meals. So if you're eating at similar times, you'll find that maybe you usually eat at like eight o'clock, 12 o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock. And maybe at the four o'clock time, you maybe get caught without your meal and maybe it gets to like 4.30 and you're distracted with work or something. And then you're like, far out, why am I so hungry? It's because your body's used to eating at four o'clock and now you haven't. And it's gonna send that signal like, oi, where's your meals at? Like, get it in. So, and I assume your body probably doesn't go, oi, but anyways. Um, Consistent meal timings is one of those one percenters that in isolation, no, doesn't make a difference to your fat loss, but in regards to managing your hunger and your energy, a very good idea. So my suggestions with meals is usually do, of course, what suits your lifestyle, what suits your schedule, what you can do. Um, just because you know someone says on Instagram, you've got to eat six meals a day to get you know the best protein synthesis or whatever. Um, not the case. I find if like muscle retention and performance is your goal, four meals, and this could literally just be like three meals and a protein shake, for example, um, four protein feedings across a day is a, a really good idea, especially with um, the satiating effect of protein. So if you're say consuming 200 grams a day of protein and you just space out four meals, roughly around 50 grams of protein per meal, and you eat them at similar times, you'll likely find the hunger won't be as intense and you'll find the structure to your routine will help you a lot as well. So let action and routine drive you forward, not emotion, just eating, you know, whenever. But also, you know, not just eating if you're not hungry as well, because this is something that, there's always gonna be a low level of hunger, I find persistent when you're in a deficit, but if there comes a time where you're not hungry at all and you're not like close to training or whatever, you know, feel free to push the meal back a little bit more. But I find being in a range, maybe within an hour either side or and having similar meal timings is a really good idea. All right, so on to point number four. And this is one that I find is very, very good to have plans ahead of time before even beginning your diet. It's not something you want to create on the fly, although it is something that may arrive where you need to do this on the fly. But having some sort of idea, some sort of plan, how you're gonna work around it, is a really good idea. Um, I've had times where I've been early days when I was younger, going through my initial fat loss phases. And there's been times where, for example, and I'm very good at this, you know, would forget my meals and um, dieted down, I'm hungry, I'm tired. All right, fuck it, let's just throw out this day um, I'll just start again tomorrow. I'll just eat whatever today and bounce back on plan. 
which, you know, that's okay, that's all good. And if you're willing to accept it, that might result in not achieving as much fat loss across a week, that's cool. The more you can minimize those days, the better. And what I find is a really good idea to minimize those days is having an emergency meal strategy. So having these in place can help offset the amount of quote unquote fuck it days you have on your deficit. Because these can really throw things out. Not only your confidence with, you know, how you can stick to the diet and longevity, but also your ability to maintain well, maintain your progress managing obstacles, which is a big one. I mentioned this in a podcast before where, you know, people say the it's 100% diet, 100% nutrition, or it's 80% diet, 20% training. Um, I just said diet and nutrition. Wow. Um, you know, 24. 20 80 50 50 whatever but the thing that i find is kept out of that equation that is very important is managing emotions and one way that we can be better at managing emotions is when things aren't going our way so maybe you've done your bulk meal prep but something happens the power went out and all your food went off and you go to work and you don't have a strategy in place, how are you gonna work around this to still move forward? So this is where the you know knowledge we have that protein and calories are king. They're the most important things to determine your fat loss goals. So when you are caught without your meal prep meals, this is why I said there's nothing magical about meal prep meals, it's just a convenient way to take out a lot of pressure and stress and save your time. So there's nothing magical about those specific meals or the specific ingredients in the meal they're just a very strategic way to have your calories and protein sorted for the week to come. But if you get caught without these, having some sort of strategy. So for example, maybe you, you know, working at an office, you get caught without your meals. You could just be like, whatever, I'll just go get a sandwich and, you know, just, um, you know, make do with today, just eat, you know, anything. Or, you know, you could be like, okay, cool. There's a Coles, if you're in Australia, if you're not in Australia, it's like a you know Tesco's, Lotus, whatever, the supermarket nearby. What are some you know easy to throw together, cheap and convenient meals that I can throw together that doesn't require a whole bunch of prep, and then it's going to be very likely to help me achieve my goals. So this could be you know high protein Greek yogurt, frozen berries, um, you know maybe an LCM bar or something like that. If you go to microwave at work, it makes it even better. You know, you can get, you know, Serena tuna, um, microwave rice, and those like mixed bags of veggies. Or you could literally just do the tuna, mixed bag of veggies, um, maybe like cut up fruit, easy done. So you've got a strategy where you can still work around that. And then assuming, you know, you've eaten your breakfast and you've got dinner at home, if you've got to have like two meals on the go, you've got like a plan that you can work with. And this could be like, you know, petrol stations. These days, you know, you've got more options you can work with. They've even got the bloody like, um, you know, ready-made meals there, like My Muscle Chef. And um, although I don't recommend them as a, you know, staple, in these scenarios, they can work. You know, protein bar, piece of fruit, happy days. So you can make it work. And this same same deal goes for like, um, and this is like something that most not most, but a lot of people do stress about and potentially overhype about, um, you know, being the reason why they're not achieving their goals. And that's managing meals out. So what I would say, 
here with like managing meals out, let's say you've got, you know, an event on, on the weekend, it's a dinner, um, and you've been invited to it, you're in this diet, your progress is going great, you're, you know, feeling more confident than you've ever been before, you're really happy with how your clothes are fitting, and you don't want to interfere with this progress. And maybe you've been in this position before and you've been like, nah, I'm not going, and then you stay home. And maybe you're happy you stayed home because sometimes that's what happens to me. I, oftentimes, <laughs> this is why I don't party anymore. Oftentimes, if I ever go out, I'd be like, ah, this is exactly why I don't go out. Um, but maybe you you know, stress about it a lot because you don't want to go off your diet, but then you're upset because you didn't socialize. So what I would do is plan ahead. Treat it like any other meal. It's literally just a, a restaurant. And what I would do is I would look at the menu ahead of time see what they got see if there's anything that i could like rejig work around to make work with my nutrition if i knew ahead of time that i was going out to this meal i would like skip ahead in my mind fitness power chronometer whatever app that you use to track your nutrition and i would add that meal in keeping it simple so you know anywhere you go you should be able to be able to find something that's you know a chicken dish and maybe a salad so you could easily customize it or you could go out steak steamed veg it's literally weighed for you um, breakfast you know poached eggs sourdough ask for no butter get fresh veg on the side easy done or avocado you can eyeball it because if you're tracking nutrition you, you've got a good idea of, of what these foods roughly weigh and in regards to the customizing if you're sitting here and being like no i'm not doing that rick i'm not customizing i'm not asking the waiter you know to change things around to leave no sauce or no oil my question would be why why do you care is it really going to make that much of a difference to your enjoyment of your night with your friends if you just ask to save some additional calories so you get the best of both worlds i mean i could be wrong but you know what I've found is everywhere is very, very accommodating. You can always make it work. So you can still go out for these meals. So having a strategy. So for me, if someone wants to, you know, grab food and I'm in the depths of a diet and I'm eating, you know, next to nothing in a way, just protein and veggies, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I would go to, I would usually go like grilled. Like you can easily make a grilled burger work. They've got them all, all their info in my fitness pal. I would go to Nando's, same deal. Guzman and Gomez, you know, see like a fish and chip shop, like Hunky Dory in Paul Melbourne, the best. Um, you can easily customize to get no oil and be able to literally have the exact same meals you're probably already having in your diet. Um, steak, very easy one too, lots of protein. And you just save up your fats for that later in the day. Um, and you know you can make anything work Thai Vietnamese sushi you just get like sashimi or nigiri where instead of going like as much as you probably want to go the you know super crazy maki rolls with mayonnaise and the you know 45 different ingredients go on keeping it simple go on like a prawn or tuna nigiri which is literally just lean protein and rice so there you go so remember you're in control you have the decision to align your decisions with your goals if you're caught without your meals there's always a way you can work around it there's always options you can have so potentially forming a strategy for when this does occur almost a good idea to expect it to occur of course ideally we've got our prep meals on us so we got that decision fatigue removed and we can just execute we've got enjoyable meals you know super tasty but not too tasty 
and they're ready to go. They suit your goals and we can keep pushing forward. But if it doesn't so happen to work out like that, you've got emergency meals you can roll through with. And if you just so happen to have a dining out opportunity, you've got a strategy that you can work around with it, planning ahead so that you don't get caught in that position where you maybe don't plan ahead, you rock up, everyone else is ordering super calorie dense stuff because they've got different goals to you or no goals with their physique at all. And then you just pick what everyone else is picking and then you wake up the next day feeling you know, a little bit down about maybe impacting your flow that you're currently in. So onto the final point, and this is one that kind of went through in the previous podcast in regards to habits and how to make habits stick. And this is one that is a game changer, especially when we think about taking action and routine pushing you forward rather than emotion. And something that can really help with this and help you see through your fat loss diet and achieve your goals with less stress, less overwhelm, more confidence is the power of environment design. Setting up your environment for success is extremely underrated and oftentimes can potentially make things feel like too easy. <laughs> like if you set your diet up for success, or your uh, environment, sorry, up for success, it can make it almost seem seamless and like sticking to the plan like the default option then you don't actually have to you know rely on discipline you don't have to rely on willpower because your environment's been set up to make success the easy option so what would the reverse of this be pretty basically every point that i've covered thus far doing the complete opposite so you know never preparing your meals never having your macros planned ahead of time so you have clarity on what needs to be consumed to achieve your goals constantly eating foods that are extremely tasty and extremely calorie dense. So you end up using a whole bunch of your calories and you end up being super hungry throughout the day. Having irregular meal times and just, you know, sometimes eating two meals a day, sometimes eating six meals a day and having no structure there. Never having a plan or strategy when there is, you know, time caught without meals or, you know, never planning ahead if you've got dinners out or something like that. So environment design can set you up for success and like I mentioned at the start, make things almost seem effortless. It's kind of like, you know, I assume if you listen to this podcast, I assume you brush your teeth every morning and I assume you brush your teeth every night before you go to bed. Why is this such an easily formed habit that is just so normal? Oftentimes, I assume, and this might flop even not the case, but I assume you've got your toothbrush in plain sight. It's obvious. You know, you go to your bathroom and your toothbrush is right there. It's a trigger and it's going to trigger you to brush your teeth. Um, so same deal with when you're trying to set up your diet for success. Having your meals planned ahead of time makes it obvious. And also, you know, for example, maybe you've struggled with particular foods, making it harder to stick to your deficit. You constantly find yourself eating them and making it really hard to stay true to your calorie targets. Now, if you live by yourself, I would say, you know, let's say you've got these food sources in your, your house, you know, throw them in the bin. Or if you don't want to like waste food, gift them to someone, give them to a friend, give them to your mum or your dad. Um, and that way it's out of plain sight, it's less likely to be an issue. And if you are living with family or, you know, you've got a partner that's maybe got different goals to you, Maybe having a conversation, seeing if there's a way you can work around it and get those foods out of plain sight. This might even just be as simple as putting those super tasty foods that you want to just eat nonstop 
at the back of the fridge and then having your pre-prepared meal prep meals in front of them. So when you open the fridge and you really want to go for that snack that's going to you know throw you off your goals and push you backwards, you've got your meal prep meals in front. You've got to move them out of the way. Or like if you're living on your own and you've taken them out of the house. And like there will come those situations where you know, you'll be very driven to want to just go, fuck it, I'll eat whatever. Um, but if, you know, you're in a dieted down state, you've got that diet fatigue present, the energy's not super high, and you've got to be like, all right, I really want to just eat whatever. And it's like, okay, what do I want? Okay, so I've got to, you know, get in the car, drive to the shops, grab the box of Krispy Kremes or whatever, drive back, and all those little inconveniences, uh, you you should have like a feeling of like, I'm consciously making these decisions to go off my plan. And I told myself and my vision that I want to achieve these goals, but I'm doing this thing that is going to take me further away from these goals. And making it inconvenient can make it much harder to go off plan. So make staying on plan a convenience, make going off plan an inconvenience. Um, this could also be with like designing your diet. So for example, you might be the sort of individual that finds they are not very hungry in the mornings, but maybe you might've seen some TikTok or Instagram person say, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, get the most amount of calories in at the start of the day. So you've been doing that. Then it gets to the end of the day and you're almost eating your arm off because you're so hungry and it really just isn't setting yourself up for success. So maybe, having a moment to reflect on when you notice you're hungriest, distributing your larger meals around that time window is probably a good idea. So a good way to design suited to your, your um, total you know, hunger signaling and total calories. More often than not, I find most people are hungrier later at night. So if you're not hungry in the morning, you know, maybe just fasting for a little bit in the morning or just you know first meal of the day, protein shake and some fruit. So that way you've got a larger allotment of calories for later in the day. Um, and this could even come down to when you're eating your meals. This is something that I covered in the hunger podcast, but often overlooked. So if you're finding hunger a challenging part of the fat loss diet, when you're eating your meals, eat in a calm, relaxed environment. I would highly recommend not eating your meals when you're in front of a screen, maybe something stressful is going on at work and you maybe you're working whilst eating your meal and before you know it you finish your meal you look down you're like oh, fuck i didn't it was not even present with that meal you your mind doesn't even you know associate that you've eaten and it can be very hard to feel satiated after that maybe you've seen all my stories and i've mentioned it before but like i eat all my meals with like a mini fork and a mini spoon because i want to drag out the meal as much as i can yes if you're struggling to get the calories in and you're in a bulking building phase fuck the word bulking um yes you know do the inverse eat your meals a bit more quickly but if you're dieting eat in a calm relaxed environment eat slowly and you'll likely find you're more satiated you actually enjoy your meals a lot more even though they're not on that crazy super high tasty scale and you'll find the diet will be a lot more enjoyable or as enjoyable as a fat loss diet can be as much as you know, we can give all these strategies, I think it's always a good idea to embrace. It's going to be challenging. If it wasn't challenging, it wouldn't be worth it. There wouldn't be you know, this crazy you know, achievement of achieving a crazy transformation or like achieving your fat loss goals. 
part of the reward is going through the challenge, but hopefully these strategies have helped in regards to maybe getting a new idea around structuring things, whether that's maybe being a little bit more on top of your bulk meal prepping. Maybe it means, okay, I've noticed that I'm making my meals way too tasty, way too complicated. I'm gonna just simplify my meals and then make it decently tasty rather than super fucking tasty. Maybe you've just been eating your meals sporadically across the day and maybe some days you're eating three meals, some days you're eating eight meals. And now you're probably like, all right, maybe I'll structure out similar meal times roughly and aim to have at least four meals across the day. And maybe you've been setting your diet up, your environment up, sorry, to make it harder to stick to your diet. Maybe you've still got all these super tasty foods in the house that maybe no one eats in your family or if you live by yourself, it's just there and you're just finding it's getting in the way of you achieving your goals or you've been invited to meals out. You know, you're a social person, you've got friends, hopefully, and they're inviting you out to breakfast and lunch and dinners and you don't have a plan and you never plan ahead for them. Maybe taking some time to look the menu up ahead of time. Maybe developing the skill of asking to customize your meals and asking yourself, like I mentioned before, if you're worried about what people think, why? If they matter, they won't mind. If they mind, they don't matter. Like if anyone gives you shit for customizing a meal to stay true to your goals, like, geez, they're not a person I'd really want to surround myself with. So the five points that we covered today, bulk meal prep, super tasty satiating scale, similar meal times, have an emergency meal strategy and environment design. But as always, remember success isn't measured by perfection, but by progress. Focus on the progress, be patient with the outcome. As we close off this episode on the five nutrition strategies for fat loss, know that your journey is unique. You're on your own journey. People around you might not have the same goals as you. You might feel like you're going against the grain and that's okay. If you want to achieve extraordinary goals, it's going to come with doing what the ordinary don't do. And you might be a little bit different, but by, you know, staying true to your goals, letting your light shine, you allow people to do the same. So embrace the small victories along the way. Don't forget to celebrate and, you know, don't use that as a maybe coping mechanism. Like I'm only going to celebrate when I get to my outcome. Celebrate. You win a day. You, you do your meal prep. Celebrate. You hit your targets across the entire week, celebrate. You plan to head for a meal out, stay true to your goals, celebrate. And I don't mean celebrate like, all right, sweet, let's get a pizza. Like just take a moment to reflect and be proud of yourself because that is great fuel to the fire to keep moving forward. Learn from the setbacks. There's gonna be setbacks along the way, regardless of the journey that you go through with. And if anything's worthwhile, there will be obstacles and that's what makes it rewarding. So embrace the setbacks, learn from them, more tools for the tool belt. And most importantly, keep moving forward. Your health is your wealth and everything that I've accounted for, we've gone through today can potentially help you achieve your goals in a less stressful fashion with more confidence. So I appreciate you tuning into today's topic. As always, if there is any feedback for the podcast, any areas you think I can improve or any topics you'd like me to cover in future, please just let me know. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Hope you're having a great day so far and I'll speak to you soon. See you next time.